Welcome to Fundamentally Drained Podcast with your hosts, Father Everett Lees, Father Tom Dahlman, and Justin Dixon. Three Christians exploring Christianity from a perspective other than the fundamental view from which we have become fundamentally drained. We'll begin the conversation, and you take it from there. Welcome to the 100th episode of Fundamentally Drained. If you are still listening, bless you. <laughs> Thank you so much um, for listening to us over our 100 episodes. Tom Everett. Confetti, confetti. <laughs> Boy, do we have a doozy for you today. <laughs> so, um, the reason oh, sorry, I know Tom. so many people who have just been waiting and waiting with bated breath for this episode to come out. <laughs> I do have one guy who's asked me about once a week for at least two months. For a new episode? Yeah, when is that going to happen? <laughs> we've, we've enjoyed our summer, sort of, kind of. Or we've really had busy schedules and have not, the truth, we've had busy schedules and haven't been able to connect. So um, hopefully this one actually makes it on air. <laughs> so, Okay. We're going to talk about Mary, not that Mary, that Mary. And, um, and Everett is going to introduce us um, as to why we're talking about Mary today. So Everett, newly trimmed and, and uh, growing beard guy, go. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, you know, our podcast, you know, most of the topics are around, um, things from from you know the fundamentalist uh background and and one of the things that that is interesting that is kind of absent from um most you know fundamentalist churches is any sort of discussion about um mary and jesus's mother um it's one of those questions that has divided um you know orthodox roman catholics protestants about um who is mary what role does she, you know, have in, in terms of our um, salvation and um, what um, what could Christians, you know, learn from her? So we get in, and, and in my old tradition, um, which was Free Will Baptist growing up, um, I mean, there was, there was, Mary came up in the, you know, birth story. And uh, at some point, her and his brothers admonished, I think that's the right word, uh, Jesus. And that was about it. That was about Mary's role <laughs> in, our, in our lessons and so on. So, uh, but other than that, 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 was a, that was about it. There was nothing else. Now, I, I, it seems like Mary came up. Maybe when um, we were probably saying that the Catholic Church is bad, <laughs> and because they pray to Mary, maybe or something like that. Um, and I think I remember that too. So, Tom, what's your experience? Mary was just ignored. Uh, we didn't even we didn't have Christmas. We didn't celebrate Christmas. Some, we celebrated it as a secular holiday because Christmas is not in scripture and so mary didn't get a lot of airtime, and uh, we talked about her we actually i remember song leader growing up would sometimes lead christmas songs in the summertime 
just to make the point that we can still sing these. They're good mm. songs, just not not for how the world uses them. And uh, <laughs> but all all we talked about Mary. The only thing that was said about Mary was how ordinary Mary was. That was she was just uh, like us. So that was all we needed to know. She was just like us. Hmm. Yeah, Britain, and so, about, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, maybe this is for the end, but or as we keep going, but what a better question is, why was that dumb, and what should we... How, how could... How could we benefit from having a different view of her? Yeah, hold that thought. And Everett, what was your experience with growing up with Mary? Um, you know, I only really remember Mary showing up in the nativity scene. Right. Um, you know, she wasn't she wasn't ever talked about. Um, um, I, you know, I I I think you know, kind of regardless um, of what you think about, you know. There's a lot of questions. Was she assumed into heaven? Right. This is a um, sort of a Catholic teaching that when she died, she's assumed into heaven, similar to how Elijah, you know, was assumed into heaven. Um, and um, but you know, I, I I think that 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 in many ways she's a model of discipleship and worthy to um, you know worthy to reflect upon in terms of our own discipleship. But but she just she wasn't there was no talk about her outside of nativity scenes. And what okay so now let's go to the, Tom's second question uh, and and what is it that we want? What is it that Tom? You asked it better than I will. What did you say again? I don't think I did. I said, "How is that dumb?" <laughs> how yeah. is that dumb? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. How's that Why dumb? <laughs> Well, for me, the first change was I had a friend who I've told the story on here before. I had a friend who became Orthodox and I was challenging him on trying to understand why he did it, studying with him. And I challenged him on the Orthodox view of Mary. How can you justify that from Scripture? And he said, well, do you believe that Jesus is the is god you know the incarnate word of god yes okay yes i do the mary is the mother of god well no not god the father but she is the mother of god you don't believe jesus is god <laughs> and so it took me a, a, a minute or a day or a month to get comfortable with that thought. But then it hit me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Mary is in the Greek term for that Theotokos. She is the, and that means something, you know, I had, I had to acknowledge the fact that I was missing something that saying, having a high view of Mary, I think begins with, having a high view of who Jesus is. So that's the first reason that it's dumb. And second, it's just ignoring. Hmm. I mean, Mary was risking her life. She was 
there's nothing about what happened in the nativity story that's ordinary. And she, you know, all the tradition, all the witness of scripture just tells us she was faithful and responded with, let it be to me as you have said. You know, you know, Tom, when you just said that, you know, I was thinking a couple of weeks ago in our Sunday lectionary, um, Jesus basically says there's three marks of discipleship, right? You are willing to forego your family relationships. You're willing to forego, um, you know, earthly comforts, money, and you're willing to take up your cross. And and Mary did all of those things, you know, when she said yes, um, like you just said, I mean, it, 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 it wasn't an easy decision. He was the first Christian, first to have Christ growing inside of her. I, and the other thing, Justin, that it, sorry, I agree, Everett. The other thing, Justin, is um, the Orthodox, one of the reasons we were dissatisfied in our church was we had a daughter, and she was, you know, already at three talking about how she couldn't do anything in church. Mm. At the time, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama were competing for the Democratic nomination. And I remember her just laughing at me and arguing with me. Girls can't be president, Dad. She didn't even believe me that a, a woman, Hillary Clinton, was running for president. Where did you hear that? Sunday school. At three years old. Hmm. And so, but the Orthodox didn't have, I mean, women couldn't be priests in the Orthodox church, couldn't be deacons. They, but there was still this different role that women had in the church, different respect. And all I could figure out was that it was because of Mary. It's hard to downplay women when uh, you mm. walk in your church and there's a woman bigger than life and an icon, uh, you know, with the infant Jesus, it you uh, you don't you don't you're not going to be as inclined to uh, be a jerk to women. I think. I'm not saying that it didn't happen. I'm sure it did and it does. But I think that Mary. Another reason it's dumb is it's the when we ignore Mary, we ignore some of the femininity or the wimp, the female side or whatever. I'm saying that terribly. I haven't have finished my coffee. We ignore that part of our church, of our faith. That's a better way to put it. I like what Everett said about um, the three um, um what uh, did you say, Marks? Discipleship. Yes, Marks of Discipleship, Forgo Money, sorry, Forgo Family Money, and Take Up Your Cross. And the saying that, you know, I, th I was thinking about that and how um, countercultural Christianity can, should <laughs> be, um, which is another great discussion, um, and how Mary did just that. Um, along the lines of where her place should have been, especially in, you know, uh, a betrothal and, and things like that, which is an interesting thing because um, she ended up being pregnant during that process, which is probably um, could have been, it resulted in death. Um, stoning. Yeah. Stoning, right? And so, 
Um, but for her- honor, honor and shame were big in that culture. Right. And if you were unmarried and were pregnant, you brought shame upon your family. You will see even today in, in Middle East families, mm. you will hear stories. I mean, it typically happens more in the kind of countryside, um, but you will still hear of stonings or honor killings um, hmm. where they, they, they kill the, you know, the, you know, the woman, the always female. The, You're right. Because that's what I who gets, you know, right. Isn't that also, um, seems like I was doing some reading on the story of the woman um, that was brought to Jesus where she was the adulterer or something like that. Right. And it's always the woman who is stoned in adultery. It's never the man, um, right. something along those lines. And you can correct me if I'm wrong there. But, you know, being counter to cultural um, is something that Mary was in that situation, having said yes, having agreed to, you know, do what the angel presented to her. Um, And without question, you know, um, and moving on. And I think that's something that is a great example still today. Well, and Justin, I mean, if we're honest, um, one of the things that's radical about Christianity um, in its storytelling about um, about Jesus, its proclamation of the gospel, is the central role that women take, hmm. uh, whether it's Mary Magdalene, who's the first one to experience and proclaim the resurrection, um, or um, this whole thing being dependent upon Mary's willingness to say yes. Um, and, and, and I understand, you know, that in a sort of a patriarchal society, there were a lot of reasons why women were then kind of shut down, but on its face, the very fact that the very first person to experience the resurrection as a woman, um, is in fact, a powerful testimony of the truth of the event. Right. You wouldn't have if you're making this story up, you would not have started the story Mm. in that culture was saying Mary Magdalene experiences the resurrection. Some dude would have rolled up on some chariot, you know, you would have Peter. Right. Peter goes out there and Mm, and he would have been the hero of the story. Right. Somebody Um, swole like Tom. And the Gospels consistently, (laughs) you know, uphold the, the role of women. It's good. Tom, you look good deep in thought, and what do you got there? God, he got his Bible out. He did, his Bible. Well, the other thing I was going to say is there's um, also, and I never want to bring up this book, but it starts with an e- R, ends with Evelation. Um, <laughs> the book that shall not be named, you know. People will turn off the podcast if you say that word. And... Um, but there's this woman in Revelation who is, um, you know, defeating the dragon, which this is all symbolism. This is Jewish apocalyptic literature. This is not left behind symbolism. This is <laughs> other symbolism. And uh, where's Kirk Cameron? So, but we never, we had goods. Yeah. Where I came from, this this wasn't. We had a pretty good view of Revelation. We uh, studied it. I thought I felt like it was pretty healthy, but we didn't know what to do with this woman. Woman, and all of mm. all, the only thing we ever heard about her was this could be the church. This could be a metaphor for, you know, the bride of Christ, which it could be. 
But it also could be a metaphor or Mary, or it could be Mary. Hmm. So like in 11, you've got this woman clothed with the sun. And then you get to 12 and you have this woman and the dragon. And listen to Revelation 12, 2. She was pregnant. She's crying out in birth pains in the agony of giving birth. And then there's this red dragon with seven heads, which I always heard these seven heads are the emperors of Rome um, trying to destroy the church. Seven heads, ten horns, seven diadems on his head. Um, Because Revelation says all these things must soon take place, that it's about the persecution of the early church. And the dragon stood before the woman who's about to bear a child. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who is to rule all the nations with rod and iron. Her child was snatched away and taken to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness. Anyway, it's like trying to give you a spiritual view into um, Mary and the birth of Jesus. Like, with that view from heaven. Anyway, that was another thing. When I came to accept, oh, that could be about Mary, I had trouble um, justifying the position I had grown up with. Mm. Mary's just somebody. Like, there's no, I'm a regular person, and I don't get any, I don't get a chapter or two of Revelation about me defeating the dragon. Like, (laughs) she's not just a regular lady. Sorry, that was an aside. <laughs> well, um, from the perspective of this, you know, go ahead. I mean, and, and if you look at 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 um, art in in you know when Mary is portrayed, very frequently um, she has the snake's um, uh, head underneath her foot. Under the and heel if you go back boot. to. Yeah, I mean, and and there's a sense in which in this in this event in the incarnation, the you know the defeat of Satan is 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 beginning. Um, I was just thinking when you were talking about, um, I guess it was Tom talking about that in Lady Wisdom, too. So now that you've said that and how you've um, talked about Mary and how she was used and then Mary who came to the tomb so on and other and um, wisdom was referred to as a lady, you know, in Proverbs and um, I don't know if it was other elsewhere as well. Um, But I don't know. It just, it just started making me think about um, as you said, that Christianity was some place that held women um, up um, in, 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 in a sense of higher than uh, well, in certain cultures, in the culture of the Bible, and then also still today in certain areas or as in the patriarchy and things like that. And I think it's important to identify those things um, and recognize it too, because you don't change your thinking without it, right? And I think that's something that's important too, that we have yet to... You don't change your thinking without what? Without recognizing um, that, that, of who Mary is, you know, kind of back to what you began where your buddy from the Orthodox church. said, well, Mary was the mother of God. And unless you sit and reflect about that, your, your inherited cultural thinking of, you know, I mean, out in the world, mm, 
I won't say out in the world now, more so back then, um, you know, where women were not held at a higher um, mental standard. Um, I don't know. I'm messing that word up and I'm probably eat it later. And but. I know that. I know that's dumb. I said that the more I think about that, because I'm sure if there's somebody listening who grew up Catholic, they're like, oh, we held Mary pretty high, and I was a woman, and I was treated like garbage. So <laughs> I wasn't trying to say that's true that too. women weren't treated badly. or in the, They certainly have been. Please don't hear me saying that. I was just saying I had no female imagery at all in my faith. Right, right, right. That was sacred. And, well, and, and oh, I, that's a good point, that, right? So I I think that in in some ways Mary um, in in more traditional circles has held Mary as this this sort of ideal woman, and and what I mean by that is is mm. that she is, um, you know, she's pure, she's holy, um, the perpetual virgin. Um, which is, you know, sort of a Catholic teaching is, is that Mary remained a virgin even after, you know, Jesus's birth. Um, and, and then I, I see that there are a lot of women, um, priests in the Episcopal church who see Mary as a feminist icon. Mary is, is, you know, is the one who is, is, um, is, is saying yes when when everybody else is afraid. Mary's the one who is at the cross while her son's dying and all the other disciples have ran off. Hmm. Um, you know, Mary, Mary's the one who is without fear and all the men and the Gospels are full of fear. Right. Which Mary are we talking about now? Mary, the mother of God. <laughs> There's a couple Never. Mary's. Good morning, Tom. Yeah. Yeah, we've been, the, the whole conversation's been about Mary. <laughs> I know, but. Mom. Um, I just want to be clear for, because Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. But, uh. As here, the gardener, yeah. Here, here is the evangelical critique. If you focus on Mary too much, they use a slippery slope. You're going to start praying to Mary. Next thing, you'll be guilty of idol worship. You'll forget about focusing on Mary to the expense of Jesus. But the opposite has been true for me. As I've, as my view of Mary has changed and as she became more and more um, important to my faith and central to it, my view of Jesus has also been elevated hmm. yeah you know what i'm saying because it hasn't lowered what i thought about jesus it's it's elevated it he's continued to stay higher than mary so it's like as i've raised mary up as i've as i've come to understand her and read about the tradition and and reevaluate the scriptures in light of that understanding my view of jesus has increased um, I feel like I'm just making my points and not engaging with what you guys are saying. <laughs> can, you, can you go back to where I said the thing Everett said made a great point about is that if we have former Catholics at our church 
And one of them implied to me the other day, we were talking about this episode, actually, because this is our second attempt at this. We tried a week ago, and or two weeks ago, and we're still out of practice. We fail? What? Go. I wouldn't say we failed, but <laughs> nope. we wanted to try again. How are we doing so, today? <laughs> I think we're doing better, but clearly we're still out of practice. But um, she said she thinks the perpetual virginity of Mary was a doctrine that came along later to keep Mary in her place, mm. to keep her from becoming, and, uh, so, you know, I would argue with someone who, I can tell when somebody's been beat up by the church, because, you know, right. takes one to know one, mm. but uh, she... I couldn't argue with her personal experience of that doctrine. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that if we wanted to be controversial, we could talk about that. I don't really. There's two more, though, before that. The Assumption of Mary and the Immaculate Conception of Mary. But, um, and can I say that I think that, that sometimes, I mean, I, you, you know, I personally... I don't buy into the perpetual virginity of Mary. It just, you know, it, it, one, it, it goes against sort of cultural norms, you know, part of, part of, you know, marriage is, is, you know, a sex life. Um, and so the, the, you know, I think, I think it, it, it forces, it, it creates this notion that somehow sex is, is, is a bad thing. So I don't, I don't buy into those arguments. Um, I'm rather agnostic as to whether Mary was assumed into heaven. Um, I don't believe in the Immaculate Conception, which is that Mary was born without original sin, um, because if it, then it brings in the question, why do you need Jesus to die? If someone would be born without sin, why would you need Jesus to die? And so, um, but but I think a lot of those. Um, as, as I understand it, a lot of those sort of pop, I don't want to say pop because I don't want to diminish, diminish or, 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 but a lot of those popular teachings about Mary were things that grew up from the people. They weren't, they weren't top down. They were kind of bottom up. Um, and, and, you know, that, that Mary in many ways was always, um, I think for for Christians for many years um, was a source of uh, of support, comfort, um, hmm. you know, holiness, and 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 the best way. And we're just being. Some of us are just being. Uh, I can't think of the word. Um, aware of that now or, or waking up to that now where some um, have carried it for years and years and years and something like that. So, um, which is so important. Feel like... ahead, what Tom? Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Nope. Go ahead. I feel like Everett just opened a big can of worms there. Where? I think the next episode needs to be about original sin. I don't know if we've ever talked about that before, but Everett just started that point he was making on the assumption that that's true. And every uh, 
every evangelical or former even listening to this is going to say, what? There's your original sin as a thing. And I don't know. I believe that all humans are guilty of sin, but and we're all as the earth, you know, touched by the stain of sin. But I, uh, I don't know that I would use the term original sin. And I, if, so another episode. Yeah. Don't get off. Don't get off. Stay here. Stay here. Sorry. All right. Did you have another point you wanted to make, Tom? You seem to have a list somewhere. Nope. No? Well, so Christianity Today has an article about what should evangelicals do with Mary. And they said, like, here's the four levels of, here's what Catholics, here's where they start. Mother of God. First doctrine, assumption of Mary, uh, second, immaculate conception, perpetual virginity. And like they said, they think evangelicals can, you know, get behind the first two. They struggle with three and four. I think that's pretty accurate. Um, and I and I hate to say and this. They're talking about evangelicals. I think even former evangelicals. Uh, probably struggle with those first two. Um, I do... I'm open to the third one. But, um, the fourth one, I, I agree with Everett. That's a bigger struggle. I have trouble with the verses that say stuff like uh, that Jesus' brother showed up. That kind of thing. And I know the answer, Roman Catholics will say, well, those were... Joseph's brothers from Joseph's children from a first, you know, marriage or something, but which I guess is possible. But all right, ever close it. I also understand that that the the word there could also be interpreted as cousin, right? Um, you know, um. So when when you know when. The scriptures were not written in English. They were written, you know, in Greek. And so when we translate it into English, we have to make decisions about what that word means. Um, and, and one possible meaning is is cousin. But I, I just think given everything, it's more likely that those are, in fact, Jesus's brothers. And um, <clears throat> the first uh, uh, bishop of Jerusalem, James, the brother of Jesus, is, um, you know, is clearly his brother. So. Yeah. Right. Boom. <laughs> okay, back to Mary. Everett, stitch us up. Um you know the 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 the, the common critique I hear about about Mary is you know exactly what, you know, that it's a slippery slope and suddenly you're praying to her. And and I think it's just worth like talking about how asking the saints to intercede for us is not a bad or a weird thing. I mean, I, um, you know, I've, I've, I've said it before. My, you know, my, my wife used to go out to the cemetery where her grandfather was buried and we kind of sit there and, and mull over things in her head. Why? Because he was a source of wisdom, hmm. you know, sort of have like this conversation. 
And, 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 and just like I might say, Hey, you know, Justin, can you pray with me, you know, for me about this thing? Right. Um, if we, you know, if we believe that there are something on the other side of this life, whatever that is, why wouldn't we think that they would have the ability to pray and intercede? I know it kind of almost delves off into a whole separate topic, but I, I, I think the, the evangelical fear of, you know, well, why don't I just take my concerns to God myself? Well, you know what, Helen, you asked the prayer team at church to, you know, <laughs> please pray for your, you know, your, your surgery coming up. So apparently you think other people can pray and you don't, you're, you know, I mean, I, I just think it's an overreaction to unfounded fears. Good, Tom. Anything else? So I would like to say to the um, person listening who's just not sure what to do with Mary, I would say that there is a richness and depth in the devotional practices that have grown up through the centuries in the faith, focusing on Mary, that can add so much to your faith and your um, spiritual life, and that our, we said over and over again on this podcast that the early Christians were not about individual assent or understanding but practices of faith so what i would challenge you to do is to just try some of them to to if your church has a society of mary to um join in with them occasionally or find one in your city that does and uh to and see how it affects your prayer life. See how it affects your spirit, your your faith, hope, and love, all of those things. And I think you'll find that it's not an empty, meaningless tradition, but it elevates your understanding of God and your, your closeness to God. So that's how I would add. All right. Who are you just shushing on the video, Justin? Oh, sorry, I wasn't. I was just thinking that was my thought process. Oh. Like, <laughs> that man, was... that is a that is a well trained dog if it can understand. What... <laughs> that <laughs> was my deep thought process. I want uh, you to train my dog. <laughs> All right, um, that wasn't too bad. We're still a little out of out of uh, practice, but we'll get there. So, thank you everyone for listening, and again, thank you for listening for well ever um, hundred episodes. I think we started this back in twenty seventeen, actually September twenty seventeen. So, if someone can math, what is that? Five years. <laughs> so, thanks, Tom and Everett. Appreciate you guys, and uh, to everyone listening, we'll catch you next time, episode one hundred and one. May the peace of the Lord be always with you. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at at FunDrainPod. We'd love to hear your comments on our episodes and also suggest future episode topics. Also, if you enjoy what we're doing, go on to iTunes and give us a review, please. 
Thanks a lot. 